Hey, this is Todd Smith from Dogfish Disco, Polka Dot Cadaver, El Creepo, and Knives Out, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Awesome. There we go. <laughs> that's a, that's I get a by with a little help from my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio, and I am sitting here with... Todd Smith. How you doing, Todd? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Good, man. Good. <laughs> so uh, We're going to pretend like we haven't been talking for like the past half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah kind of loosen <laughs> up Hey, a what are you bit. doing here? Yeah, what, <laughs> what brings you here? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the... Uh, funny seeing you in cleveland but yeah. no not really my home away from home exactly <laughs> it's like you know it, you know what, what's funny too that uh when i was in this reserve uh when i was still in the reserves i was in this reserve unit assault craft unit two and we had a cleveland detachment and we had a baltimore detachment mm. and we had always like you know there's always a rivalry and stuff like that but that's not the case with us you no know? no not by any means yeah yeah we're like one big happy it's, family it's here. kumbaya over here yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and i mean geez how many years have you guys been coming to cleveland now i think that if i recall uh correctly the first time we ever played was dog fashion disco in about i want to say Maybe 2000. So we're, we're looking at about 20 years. Um, and we played at the, what was it called? The Blind Lemon? Yeah, yeah. And I remember we had, uh, we had the bright idea that we were going to uh, have a projector behind us. But instead of having like something where you put a VHS tape in, which is what we ended up getting, and it would play whatever it was on the tape, we had a reel-to-reel machine. And it lasted that show. Because the tape started falling all over the floor. And we were like, this is too much fucking trouble. Fuck this. <laughs> so that was the one and only time we had a uh, reel-to-reel projector. But yeah. And it was here was, with us. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think we had Fritz the Cat playing behind us. Remember that? Our Crumb. Uh, it's really, it's like a dirty um, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, I mean, I know there was, you guys have been here quite a few times and, uh, you know, with, uh, I mean, Domain Cleveland even brought you guys in and we did a, uh, I've got, you know, some video that I gave you guys. I used to record some of the shows. I don't think that was one of them. But, well, that uh, was the Foundry. Yeah, it's the Foundry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the Blind Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Blind it wasn't, Lemon, it was Hi-Fi and then. Right. And know, then wasn't so the. Many. Uh, wasn't the singer of Warrant like working there for a little while? Yeah, Janie Lane was in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. The history there. Oh my god. And then uh, I think at one point too, Chuck Mosley worked there. Wow. Yeah. And you know, both I mean, of them are gone. Doug has. I know, man. It's a shame. I know. Yeah. It's weird, man. People are dropping like flies. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be old flies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, you're active, man. You're a road warrior. I mean, you. Uh, there's no like, there's no stop with you. I mean, we had dog fashion, and then it's like, okay, well, if dog fashion's gonna take some time or whatever. I'm yeah, we have four operational creating. bands, and and we just kind of cycle through them, you know. 
um we're not do we'll we're doing a uh like a three-week national tour next june but we just like we do what we want and we don't do any more than that and we don't do any less we just kind of like hey what do you think about going out for three weeks okay great and then we won't play shows for another five months while we like record an album or something you know so it's like it's looking back on on what what our goals were 20 years ago is so far from what we care about today you know it's like it's it's uh it's nice to have the freedom to just do whatever the hell you want it's you know? it's nice too to see you know i mean i remember back with uh you know i've got a long friendship with jay and uh i remember years ago like i was reading this book the success principles by the guy that does the chicken soup for the soul jack canfield or uh-huh. whatever and like writing making a list of goals that you want to accomplish in life and i lost that notebook and then just came upon it a couple of years like last year or whatever and i go through and i'm like wow i checked this off i checked this off i forgot that this was these are some of my goals and then there's these other ones where like man where were my priorities back then this is like it's so far away from what i am to who i am today we change man we grow we change yeah what's uh what's funny how this it's funny how those uh those you know when you're a kid and like you think about the old uh cliches that uh, an older guy in in maybe his middle ages what you know the the get off my lawn yeah yeah yeah, turn that music down or the uh God, music is shit these days. Back in my day, you know, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh. fa- I'm in the back of my day yeah. phase right now. Oh no, I totally. Yeah. I, I'm friggin', you know, being uh, retired Navy veteran. I'm more like, you know, Clint Eastwood, you know, yeah. in Grand Torino, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that some days. But, uh, but man, I, I t- like I like we were talking, man. Last night was was magical. Uh, yeah, it was a lot for of fun. Me. It, 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 I mean, I remember that the the show at Peabody's. Um, everybody dressed up. Um, the white shirts, yeah, the ties. You know, Ryan was Ryan there. being there. Another, another one we gone. lost. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, I I remember that was like one of the funnest shows I'd been to in all these years of hitting shows and whatever. And um, so I was going through some of the old pictures, getting ready for for last night, and then doing. Um, you know, listening to the CD, and like we said, man, it hasn't, it's just like, when I was back drinking, you know, it's like, there were some bands I would go see, and I'd be like, eh, they're all right, but then I'd be wondering why I was drinking so much, and now I listen to them 10 years sober, and I'm like, oh my God, what was I, what was I thinking? This is garbage, but yeah. not with Alter Boys, man. Yeah. No way. I was just like, oh my God, if, like Famine Ghost, the beginning, and the lead in, and just like, dude, this is fucking phenomenal, and the last night was just it was like taking me back and I was doing it and this and and because it's been so long since you guys played this is my sober experience okay and I yeah. had a blast I had such a good time yeah it, you guys it was a party it was a reunion of so many faces and and then when you guys I mean just to have Ryan's voice played in it was just man it was touching yeah cool awesome yeah. well I'm, I'm glad it we were kind of uh I mean we we never rehearsed so when we got here and did a sound check, that's when we ran through the songs together. And that was it. Yeah. So it, you know, and then throwing in a couple of Prince covers, you know, not knowing <laughs> yeah. if that's going to be a train wreck or not. And <laughs> then, uh, yeah, it worked out. It, it's, yeah, it was, it was good playing with those guys again. I miss them. They're, 
you know, dear friends and, um, you guys click so well. It's yeah. such a perfect match, and uh, you guys are all so professionals that it, it's like you can take the ten years off and put on a great performance. You know? Yeah, cool. I'm I'm glad I you feel you, that way. I hope you don't before the night. You know, I hope you do. I mean, we were talking about like maybe every couple years just getting back together. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I would love to have another album. I'm sure many people would. But, uh, yeah, who knows, man? Never say never, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, I forgot about the skits on the CD and everything. And it was just like, I mean, what was that like working with, uh, especially when we talked about Ryan? What was it like working with him? You know, well, to be quite time? honest with you, uh, Jay was, was more integral in working with Ryan. We did, I would travel to the studio from Baltimore and stay for a couple of days and just knock out my vocals. Okay. But uh, Ryan would come do the skits and all that shit. And he, like, Jason was responsible for all that, that yeah. aspect of it. So I was kind of far removed from that. But Ryan came in to do his vocal uh, in the studio. Uh, it was the first time I met him. And um, and he was, uh, he, he was great, man. He was just hanging out, having a good time. He's like, you know we were like, how about the spoken word part? And he's like, cool, I'll give it a whirl. And the first take, he nailed it. And, um, yeah, it was just hanging out, you know, yeah, it's like, it's a lot of fun. And then he, then we did, uh, <laughs> a tour that ended very early in, in a disastrous way. Um, but <laughs> no, we had a lot of fun. So yeah. that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Harbor Inn, which is another like, uh, Cleveland staple down in the flats. You know, that was like a home at Ryan always whenever he was in town visiting. They, I remember they had his poster up behind the bar. And, um, you know, come to find out when me and Ryan would, were talking during that time, um, his stepdad was like one of my supervisors when I worked at UPS and stuff. So it's oh, like wow. me and him, like, you know. Small world. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty funny how we uh, connected there. But, yeah, he was he was a great guy, man. And, uh you know, much love and peace and to his family and everything. Um, still, still is just, it's hard to wrap your mind around it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I remember when the news came out, I wanted it to be just some sick hoax. Prank. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I remember I was, it was, it was in the summer months, right? Didn't he pass away in June? I believe so, yeah. Something like that? Because I remember waking up. And hearing my phone just going, it was on vibrate, but it was, I got to check into my flight tomorrow. <laughs> um, but it was, my phone was going, that's, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good timing. Yeah, yeah. That's timing. Um, Lisa does say it's a little haunted up here, so I don't know. Hey, man, we were just talking about Ryan and like my phone going off and shit. And all of a sudden, <laughs> He's here yeah. with us, man. I know he, I felt him last night. That's for sure. Um but I remember my phone vibrating. So I'm like, who the fuck is texting? Me? It was Jason. And then all of a sudden, uh, a ton of other people, Ryan's dead, Ryan's dead. He got in a car accident. I was like, oh, my God, man. It was, it was, I, I still can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like we've all been dumb and done dumb shit. Yeah. And we survived. And he didn't, you know, and it was just, and I mean, you know, he kind of made his name doing dumb shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> with, I mean, with, with, with jackass and everything, when you, uh, but if you look through that, like the CKY stuff, 
um, they would always say that Ryan's a horrible driver. Oh. Yeah. And one they um, uh, Bam's mom would say one day he's going to get in a car accident because he was a wild guy behind the wheel and he got in a car accident with bam and like i think rab himself and a couple of those and flipped the fucking car into oncoming traffic when they were like 17 years old oh wow yeah and then uh he so he was a a bit of a wild child you know so but yeah he's he's very missed man such a such a sweetheart so definitely so what was it like also i mean you you and uh jason have had a long relationship too pops and um, right What's it been like? I mean, when did you guys first connect and like how long, you know? We uh, first connected. um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, When we did a Mushroom Head Dog Fest Disco Tour with Wasp. Oh, yeah. That was in 2001. Set up or whatever back in the day. Yeah, Yeah, we did a we did a national tour and the tour ended abruptly because of 9-11. Yeah. We were in... And that was like when they signed Universal, I think, too. Yeah, we were in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, when the Twin Towers had the planes driving into them. And that was it. Everybody, I mean, the whole fucking country shut down, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we just drove home. But during that time, you and him just hit it off? Uh, yeah, it was... Similar uh, musical taste. Influences, yeah. yeah. And, um, and we kept in touch, and then, in you know... Mushroom Head was gracious enough to throw us a bunch of local shows, which helped us build something around here. Yeah. Um, and then Jason and I were talking, hey, let's do a side project. And I got my buddies over here, the Martini Brothers, and boop, boop, boop. And next thing you know, yeah, yeah. it all came together. Yeah. Wow. Very talented group. Um, so, like, I mean, working with, with the, those guys, I mean, what was that like for you with, you know, because you, I mean, basically everybody else was kind of up here able to record and then you'd come up and... Yeah, yeah, we would uh, we would all get together here and um, it's it's weird, man, because it's a, it's a big blur as far as how we wrote that Alter Boys record, but it was, uh, there was, there was a lot of stuff that was kind of on the spot in the studio um, and uh, people would come in with, hey, I got a handful of riffs, I got a handful of riffs, let's throw them in a pot and you know, make the puzzle come together. It's kind of like what it sounds like too, because there's so many different like styles, styles and influences, but it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. I remember, uh, we had, well, the Martini brothers had, you know, probably 60% of that album, like pretty much sussed out with the, the more funk bass lines, the wah guitar. Yeah. And then I would come in with like a famine ghost and had the whole thing like, Here's a tune that I've been working on. Bass part goes like this. Yeah. And then show it to them and we're off and running. So. And then, I mean, the saxophone. It's. Yeah. And then we had, we had Matt uh, does the sax on all the dog fashion disco stuff. So I've known him since I was six years old. Wow. And he's a professional musician. You know, that's what he does. Um, and is a phenomenal player. And so I brought him in. He started putting his two cents in on arrangements and parts. And um, our keyboard player, Jeff, who yeah. was in dog fashion, yeah. um, if he was having a, a rough go at a part, Matt's a pretty badass 
keyboard player too. So he'd be like, Jeff, do you mind if I try something? Yeah, man, go ahead. We got to knock this out. And then, and he's he's over there killing it, you know. So it was just it all it all came together. Yeah, Everybody kind of pulled their own weight. Yeah. Um, so speaking about your uh, your writing and your singing. Uh, who's some been some of your like influences like when you first got into singing and like how old were you when you knew you wanted to oh god well when we started in high school I mean we were all into you know the that was when the grunge thing was was happening so it was it was all of the grunge bands we were really big into like you know obviously Faith No More and Bungle um huge Metallica head Slayer um all of the Alice in Chains, you know, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, a huge influence on me. Scott Wallen's one of my favorite singers. Um, so it was in Clutch. Oh, so yeah. it was, if you listen to early DFD, which is horrible, like the stuff before we actually released songs on an album, we were trying to be Faith No More, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and Clutch all wrapped into one. Yeah. And then uh you know we kind of found our our voice but um but yeah, I mean that was some of the influences back then, you know, a little bit of uh a little bit of like Frank Zappa wackiness. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, kind of mixing a shitload of different styles into one song. Like I mean, even before you even started playing in a band and all that stuff or was there like i mean when you were a kid you seen somebody on tv or something the that you're first, like the first the 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 first time where i was actually like what is this okay this is music this is larger than life this is magic was kiss oh, yep. when i was you know it's like most people's story when they're in their mid 40s oh, yeah the kiss alive album cover i seen that as a kid and i was just like when i my i went through my mom's record collection i see dress to kill and the four members of Kiss are in suits, and they're on the corner in some New York City street corner. Yeah. And I'm like, "Holy shit! What the fuck is going on yeah. here?" The and so you, and yeah, you dive right in. And uh, and then after that, you know, I, I was a kid of the '80s, so I was a huge Motley Crue head. It was my first concert ever. Okay. First time I ever smelled marijuana. <laughs> um, did, had no idea. Yeah. Um, so that was my first concert and then yeah it was like that was really one of the only hair metal metal bands that i was into and then after that it was you know straight to megadeth slayer metallica anthrax you know the big four and then um faith no more um and then going into the grunge stuff like we just talked about you guys had like a relationship with what system of the down back in the day too right um i wouldn't say a relationship i mean we played some shows with them um We had gone to a system show. It was one of their first big tours, and they were opening up for Incubus. And this is before both of those bands broke. And System of a Down had just come out with their first album, and they were touring in a really shitty, broken down, R- or like busted up RV. So they were like, they were slumming it, you know, but they were on a major label and they were kind of making their way, um, doing their first tour. And I remember uh, seeing System of a Down for the first time, and f- it fucking blew my mind. I was like, "This is what, this is what I'm all about." Like, yeah, I yeah. love what they're doing. It's heavy, it's quirky, it's sing, it's aggressive. You know, it's like 
it's uh, it's exactly what I had pictured Dogfish Disco kind of being. That was the blueprint, you know? So they ended up becoming a big influence. But when we saw them in Georgetown in Washington, D.C., I just went up to the RV and knocked on the door and Serge answered and I introduced myself. We started talking, um, exchanged information, and then I hit him up for a guest spot on our first album, Anarchist of Good Taste, and he said, cool. And then um, they threw us like six or seven shows and that was the most people I've ever played in front of. So it was a sea of people. And just having the balls to go up and knock on the door. Yeah, and, and, and they were super good good people super down to earth um we ended up touring with them when toxicity came out oh yeah so it was like when they were really gigantic yeah which they still are but yeah it was when they first hit yeah i just seen them i mean they played uh sonic temple down in columbus the Uh music festival this past uh this past may and still still got it still got it man a lot more grays but you know (laughs) We, we we all got those, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about uh, <clears throat> polka dot cadaver, and you know what was the uh, what where'd that come from and inspiration? Um, that? that was Dog Fashion Disco had broken up. We played our last show in Baltimore, and uh, Jason and I, you know, we kind of went into the the normal nine to five life. Um, both had day jobs, and then but we still had these creative juices flowing. So I said, hey, let's let's start something new and just put out some albums just to have fun and do it, um, which is the, f- the first album, Purgatory Dance Party, is what we came up with. And we basically, besides the drums, played everything on the album. Um, and it was supposed to be just something to do, you know, and then we ended up uh, doing tours and putting out more albums. I think we have four albums now with that band. So, yeah, just kind of grew legs and yeah i was talking with my uh buddy who i came to the show with last night he's a huge fan tries to hit all your shows when you guys are in town uh and uh we were listening to um uh, i forget what we were listening to on the way it might have been some polka dot but i was just like todd's got this amazing like swooning voice that brings you in like you could go go you know, get ready to do some loving with your girl and everything. But then you hear his lyrics and you're like, what the, you know, you make debauchery sound so beautiful, you know? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I love, so what's like some of the influence for your writing then? I have no idea, man. I've, I have sometimes people message me like, where do you get the lyrics? Like, where does that come from? Where do you find, and I just. Like serial killer specials and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not all that. Um, a lot of it is pretty, um, it's not, it's, it's not very obvious what my thought is in a lyric. It's kind of just, bleh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make your own interpretation of it, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's weird. I, I was talking to somebody last night and I said, they're like, how long do you think you're going to keep on going? I mean, we already had, we, you know, we're, I think we have over 20 albums that we put out and I was like, dude, whenever I get if if I ever end up getting writer's block, it's over, and it hasn't happened yet. No, no. So it, it's I guess a sign to keep going. You know? w- is it? Would you say it's kind of like you, you know maybe like a adult ADD, but you've transformed it and used it for good or something? It's, it's, like it's just weird. Place. I don't have a lot of talent. 
<laughs> besides the music thing. Oh, your voice is amazing. Well, no, I appreciate that, but besides the music thing, I'm not. I'm pretty average at best. Average sized dick. <laughs> average average golfer. Average bowler. You know, like everything's pretty average. But for some reason. I have the little voice inside of my head that says, hey, here's a lyric. Put it in your phone and save it. We're going to use this someday. And that shit happens several times a week. And I have, I mean, I could show you my, my notes on my, on my phone. And for whatever reason, like, there's just all these song ideas in there, wow. you know? So it's as long as there's a reservoir of stuff to tap, then we'll keep going. But if if I ever hit writer's block and I'm struggling and I'm feeling like, you know, it's not happening organically. It's time to say, okay, yeah, we're yeah. done. When it's forced. Yeah, it's, when it's forced. And, uh, oh, he wrote another song about a serial when killer. Fucking, when, you know, uh, all work and no play makes Todd a dull boy. Exactly, you know? yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, okay, before I get frozen in the maze, I better uh Yeah, but we're doing, um, now that a lot of our records are turning, you know, 10 years or older, in, in a normal contract, you can basically re-record your album and put it out. So now you own the material again. Oh, okay. so that's what we're doing. So we're going. We just we we did uh, like the first three or four Dogfest disco albums, and we re-recorded them. So now we own everything under our record label umbrella, um, and it's kind of like I call it getting custody of the kids. Nice, you know. So it's like yeah, we can stream stuff, paying can, child support all these years, and now yeah, it's like it's you know it's like. They are our children. Yeah. These these songs are important to us. They're so. of age, and they can decide to come live with you. Yeah, we or... should own them. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So. No, that's awesome. That's so great. we'll be doing a, a new DFD next year, and then I think we're going to put out a couple cover albums and just, just kind of do fun shit, you know? Yeah, and uh, me and Lisa were kind of having a discussion last night, and the power of journaling got brought up, and that's kind of like, you know, when the lyrics come to you, you know, write it down right away. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's something that you know I need to start getting into. You know, just uh, sometimes you get these messages. You know, it's like, man, put this, put this down. I don't know what, where I'm gonna, when I'm gonna get back to it, but yeah, I've been adding to to this one song, like all of that, like, and I just keep adding on to it as shit to just pull from. Like you're sitting there watching a movie and you hear a line and you go, that'd be pretty cool in a chorus. So I'm gonna write that down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just compile all that shit, and I've been doing that for 20 years, so it, it helps when it's time for me to actually put lyrics to a song. They're like, oh, I got the backup here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can just swipe through all that shit, and it helps. Nice, nice. Um, so I got a couple, uh, you know, of my regular questions that I ask all, all my guests. Want to run through those? I know you got to get ready and go to sound check and stuff. Um. But uh, let me get through some of these. Some of the songs, what would you say are some of the songs that have inspired you the most in life? Some of the songs from other bands, like growing yeah, up? Yeah. or Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, when we first were, when I first tried to do like kind of a solo acoustic kind of thing, El Creepo, um, the Beck album sea change have you heard that album no i haven't heard it's, that it's one. amazing it's like a it's like it's a, a breakup broken heart country album that beck, oh, yeah? that beck put out oh, and it's it, out. It, it fucking blew my head off when i heard it and then all of a sudden like 
Beck is one of those guys that I can listen to his album, and if I turn it down um, just enough where I could barely hear it, I start hearing different songs that aren't actually playing. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I get it. And then all of a sudden, I have riffs. It's weird with him. I don't know what it is. And then I'll listen to his tunes, and all of a sudden, lyrics pop in my head. There's something going on with that guy. Okay, so he's like a muse for you or something. A muse, yeah, Yeah. because there's no rules, and I love that. He does whatever the fuck he wants. It is weird that he's a Scientologist, but I'll (laughs) I'll look past that, you know. Um, But uh, so that that album was huge for me. Um, That... The first System of a Down album was was big too. Um, the first couple Clutch albums were were big. Yeah. Um, it just kind of, you know, it gives you like a a new twist on. Oh, we can kind of, they're doing that. We can we can kind of, like, do our own take on that. You know, it's like, yeah. you can have a heavy song but sing about goofy shit, or you can, if it's a heavy part, you don't have to Cookie Monster vocal your way through it. You know, just little things you pull from and kind of. You know, hone your craft, I guess. So yeah, that's yeah. some of them, anyway. Now, um, another question I got for you: like, is there a morning or, or a daily like ritual routine that you do that you know do you start? You want to start off your day um, to just you know have try and kick ass for the day. You know, is there anything you do regularly? That, uh, you know? Black coffee. Black coffee. It's essential. <laughs> that it. it you have the couple cups of black coffee, you hit the bathroom, everything gets worked through, you take the shower, and you're off and running. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, if, that's a go-to for a lot of people. If that doesn't happen, things are not going to go well. Yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Um, is there a favorite place that you've visited on your life on the road? You know, that you just, uh, when you were there, you just like felt like, wow, you know, your energy and everything just felt. I've always really liked uh playing in california yeah i've always once you get i remember when we were first touring and you get to about halfway across the country and things start looking drastically different from what you're used to growing up on the east coast yes all of a sudden like there's past chicago or illinois it seems like what i noticed it the first time we ever got to colorado when you get to the nebraska state line Nebraska is nothing but cornfields and nothing. And you cross over into Colorado and you start getting a desert feel. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, this is this is the West. This is like, and then you get into, I tell you, one of the, the coolest things that I experienced on tour was when we were driving in the middle of nowhere in Utah. And I woke up from a nap and we were going through these mountains that were like red, orange, like desert mountains. And I woke up and it, it almost felt like I was on another planet because yeah. it was so, I was like, holy shit, I'm so glad I just woke up because it looked like we were on fucking Mars. And I had never seen, you know, anything like that. So yeah, that was, that was really cool. I got connected with this, uh, veterans group called higher ground and they're in sun Valley, Idaho. And they, they run a program where they bring out veterans with PTSD and trying, um, you know, do recreational therapy and stuff with you. I mean, the group I was with, we went horseback riding up into the mountains, camped out and we're fly fishing for the week. And, I mean, there was a spring right next to our camp. We'd fill up our water bottle straight out of the mountain. And just my energy just felt 
beautiful, amazing. Mm-hmm. And out there, I connected with another vet who ran a hyperbaric oxygen uh, therapy place, and he gave vets free treatments and put them up in his loft there. All they had to do was arrange their travel and food and all that. So the next summer, I took my kids, and we drove cross-country. I'm like, let's go on go on vacation you know so i got to go there for a month and and do the treatments but along the just the trip along the way you know the drive seeing all the sites like you said man and just you know i stopped and saw a friend in utah and then on our way home we stopped through uh you know uh saw old faithful and yellowstone and then mount rushmore and it's just a memory that i know my kids will never forget i'll never forget and just it's beautiful out there man i definitely want to it's it's such a uh an amazing thing if you have an opportunity to travel because a lot of people you know i mean i bet a large portion of this country has never even left their state yeah you know people that just get you know they graduate life ideas are formed in just that well that's all they know you know like the boy in the bubble yeah it's 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 weird because i know people in my family who have never like They've lived in like two states, and that's all they know. Yeah. Like they they don't know of a Yellowstone, or they don't know of Mount Rushmore. They they've never dipped their fucking feet in the Pacific Ocean on Venice Beach. You know, yeah. like yeah. they've never gone up to, you know, I mean, Oregon's another state that I I just it's so beautiful up there. Yeah. Um, and you know, you have a chance to do cool shit. We went to the Goonies house in Astoria. Uh, oh yeah. In Oregon. Nice. Yeah, and took a picture in front of that house, which is it's exactly the same as it was in 1985 for in that for that movie. Then we went out to the beach, and those gigantic rocks are on the are, are on the beach, and it's just cool shit like that, man. I mean, you know, when you when you kind of say what does success mean? Well, I mean, you know, selling a million albums and being a millionaire, yeah, that's a version of success. But like, if you have played shows if you've had people come up to you and go your music got me through a point where i almost wanted to kill myself yeah and then you go out and play shows even if they're tiny or if they're big or if it, there's 10 people or there's four thousand or whatever um to to have an opportunity to, to go out and see these places and connect with people and put out albums i mean yeah what more can you ask for that's you know? I, yeah and it, what's beautiful too is like you know, you're at the level where you are connecting and you're influencing people and helping and changing lives. But you're not where you have to be a, a recluse because of people like, you know, like when you reach that almost that level where you can't leave your house without everybody needing a piece of your soul. Yeah. You know, so you're like at the, the perfect balance. You know, it's it's great to have just freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. You yeah. know, it's and and it's. In my life, and I don't know if this pertains to other people, but in my life, I've always missed opportunities that I wasn't ready for, mm. if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense, man. I mean, I, I've been on this spiritual kind of journey myself, and especially with sobriety when I got sober and everything. And it, what you're saying makes absolute complete sense because there's so many things that if, if prayers would have been answered back in the day of things I wanted that I wasn't ready for, it would have been disaster. Right. You know? So. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes think that like the, the only time that I booze out now is when I'm at shows. I go home and I'm, you know, three, three months or whatever, no booze or nothing. When I come out, 
because I'm more of a of a pretty introverted person. So I need to socially lubricate to just be able to deal. No, otherwise, my fuck. Otherwise, I'd be running down the street <laughs> trying to get some alone time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. It's I, it's I, the way I can deal with it. Um, but I think that if I was in that goldfish bowl of success, that I could be dead or like hooked oh, yeah. on something that. Yeah, and I think that's why we lose so many of those. People yeah, because like, what life is that? You got to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You and when you have all this pressure, you know. Um. You know, I can, and I'm only imagining what some bigger artists go through. Am I going to be seen as a failure on my next album? Is my voice going to last? Oh, Am I going to? The judgment is so much stronger now with social media and everything, too. Everybody's an expert on your shit, I, you know? Totally. And the world is so small now, you yeah. know? And it's like, you know, it, I try to walk that fine line of, you know, sometimes people message you and they think they think that I'm the same weirdo that writes the lyrics, but I'm not, you know? And yeah. so people send me weird shit and I'm like, I don't even know how to fucking react to this. Like, I'm not <laughs> that guy. I don't, I don't, I don't sit around and watch snuff films. <laughs> it's not me, you know? Yeah. It's like, so you're just trying to take that kind of that balance, but not offend anyone. Yeah. Cause we know the world is, can be a very horrible friggin' place. And it's yeah. not something we're like, you know, embracing yeah. and loving. So yes, yeah, so sometimes when I look back, uncomfortable on, with you sending me that stuff, there's like boundaries people, you know, and sometimes people take the, uh, the lyrics literally, you yeah. know, and it's, it's never been that way for me. And sometimes I'll look back and I'll go, wow, if I took this literally, like I'm <laughs> fucked up, you know, yeah, 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 but yeah. it's just like, it's like Stephen King writing a fucking wacky movie or something, yeah. you know, or, or a book. And it's like, I know with my time in the military, especially when I was mobilized and, and stuff, it's like, we, we developed like this dark humor and it's kind of like just to, to take our minds off of what we're really dealing with at the moment. Right. That sucks. And we just make it funny. Make right. It, you know, and you got to make light of it yeah, to, and, to, and to be able to deal with it. That's what yeah. you're, you're doing with your stuff, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I just, just I, I like to just write stuff that, you know, that people hear a line of lyrics and they like chuckle to themselves. Or they're yeah, like, the, yeah, exactly. this is sick. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty sick. Yeah. That's what I was saying last night to my buddy. I'm like, he makes debauchery sound so beautiful, you know? Putting the chloroform girl lyrics with the that music, yeah. you know, and the way it's delivered is like, it's, it's, it's fun to yeah. have those two dark and light elements kind of. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Richard Cheese and some okay, of his yeah. stuff too, man. You know, because that just that, you know, it's like this. Th these songs don't go with that music, but it's just it 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 it's works great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, awesome. Um, so another question I got for you: What would you want your legacy to be when Todd's no longer here? You moved I, on to the next place. I just hope that like there's a little cult following that keeps growing. The mushroom cult. Yeah, that, that it. You know, I don't know. Maybe fifty, sixty years that some some kid, fifteen years old, is going to go check out Dog Fashion Disco or discover it somehow, and then yeah, he's going to yeah. get his buddy to check it out and be like, "Wow, these guys are around in like the early two thousands, and it's you know two thousand sixty or whatever, and whatever the fuck is going on." All of a sudden, there's like Dog Fashion Disco shirts at Forever Twenty One or whatever for the new kids coming up, or just that like there's the, this this kind of little you know the seed that 
grows into something and spreads and you know it's i i i would be pretty depressed to think that at one point maybe 40 or 50 years down the road that no one would listen to any of this music you know i hope it just kind of i hope it becomes a little cockroach and just just keeps going you know it's like no matter if the nuclear war but it survives you know somebody finds it a time capsule and even if it's a hundred people that still know about it then cool man hopefully they they dig it and they get something out of it you know so i i guess just you know we have we have the freedom to do it what we want and have fun with it and i would just like to keep having fun with it and keep putting it out and keep playing fun shows seeing old friends and you know just living man (laughs) yeah awesome awesome um okay let me get uh two more questions for you and i'll wrap it up favorite toy as a child and why oh jesus favorite toy was probably like i mean would you consider video games a toy yeah i guess like atari when that first came out yeah yeah i mean you played with it right yeah yeah that's um time uh, or like a Rubik's cube. I remember being a kid and like the Rubik's cube was like so much fun. Yeah. Although yeah. now you look at it like the fuck was I, <laughs> I really had nothing going on back then. <laughs> um, or like, I remember my mom was pretty cool. She would always get me like the latest star Wars, like the ad at, you remember the ad at? Yeah. Yeah. I had the ad at. Yeah. I wish I still had the ad at. Oh yeah. Which um, way it'd be if it was in good condition. I know. Right? Most of my star Wars guys were like melted from lighters and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like what an idiot. What was I thinking? Yeah. I had you know? some, I had the uh, millennium Falcon and all that, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Me so too. that was, yeah, that was back when you could have just some stuff laid on the floor and spend hours in your own mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. That back when, you know, uh, imagination still, uh, yeah. Before you were a jaded old, yeah, yeah. Just now it's like, guy. you know, I, yeah, well, that, that for me. And then now it's like I look at some my own teenage daughters and they're, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm like, man, I don't, you know, back then I could find shit, shit to do in my head. Oh, my God. You know? Like the saxophone player, Matt, I, I, like I said, I've known him since we were probably six years old. We had a group of friends back in the day. We didn't even need toys. We had a gigantic, it was probably, a, I don't know, 30 40 acre park behind our house and we would go out and play like war out out in the fields and we would all hide and try to find each other and shoot each other and all that stuff and literally we'd be out there for 10 11 12 hours and it would seem like two or three because time was just flying you you were not a care in the world you're with your buds you're doing fun shit and you didn't need much, but it was like the best times. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I like now being a like mid forties jaded guy. I'm like, how can I fucking tap into that again? You know, like I felt a certain way back then. Like go uh, uh, go karting and shit like that once in a while. Just doing whatever. Stuff. You know, Dude. like riding bikes with your with your buddies. You know, like yeah. skateboarding or like. doing absolutely nothing and having the greatest time doing it you know just hanging out that that was before like the the clicks and the like when you were Mm -hmm. in that awkward teenage stage it was before like people were so judgmental it was before people were trying to out cool each other you were just hanging out with your friends saying whatever you wanted and everything was acceptable and fine and you know 
Yeah, and it's like I mean, with social media now, it's like I see it with my my daughters. It's like they're they're consumed by what everybody else is doing, and they think that they're living the, everybody's living their best life, so they're only posting their best shit. I mean, it happens with me sometimes too. Like you know, I, and I you know here I am, forty six years old, and if I get sucked into that trap, I'll be like, man, I'm really a shitty dad. I'm not as good as a dad as I think I am because look at all the quality things my friends' kids are doing, and this and right. you know, and it's just like you get in that. It, it's I it's it, you could it. see why everyone's depressed yeah because yeah. they're like why aren't i having as much fun as this person who posts you know oh we're in italy why why aren't i in italy yeah, <laughs> why, yeah, you know because of the life choices yeah. i made and you know this and that that's why i'm not you start there. beating yourself beat up myself yeah. up again and it's just like dude it's about these 24 hours meanwhile when whatever. those people get back from italy they might be on like suicide watch because their life is not as rosy as it appears on facebook exactly yeah exactly yeah i i the best thing i ever did was get far away from facebook i mean it's only a vehicle for reaching out to fans now yeah, I mean, I originally got sucked into it when I was coming home from deployment because I was still a MySpace guy back in the day, you know, and uh, I was coming home from deployment and a lot of the guys that I formed, you know, we formed a brotherhood out there, guys from all across the country, you know, and like, Bailey, you got to get on Facebook so we can keep in touch. And it was just like, okay, I'll do this just to keep in touch with, you know, my military right. brothers and sisters. And then it grew and then they're like, oh, where'd you go to high school? Oh, you might know this person. You might know that. And I'm like, why did I fucking fall down the rabbit hole? Fuck yeah. you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's easy to do. Um, and then speaking of uh, military, I just added this trying with everybody uh, that I talk to because one of my goals with this podcast is I'm hoping that uh, a lot of guys that are serving overseas and they need that distraction and they just want to you know put in their earphones and just tune out I want to always have some kind of a message for them that they can get out of uh, these episodes so any message that you would like to send to our uh, military members currently serving overseas well my message is I hope all of you guys come the fuck home because these entanglements far away it's i, I mean it, it's a touchy subject man because like yeah. for me i can't imagine being one of those guys out there you know the the shit that you go through you come home ptsd if you have all your limbs if you're still alive it's it's just and it's uh, it's a situation that I don't know if we're making things better or worse. And um, it would just be nice to have those guys over there as a last resort and not the first course of action that we take. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I get it. it it's been going on for too fucking long, man. Missed a lot of birthdays, uh, families, you know, uh, people that meant a lot to me passing away while I was over there and I couldn't be home, you know, because it wasn't immediate family or anything like that. Um, you know, my daughter birthdays and stuff like that, you know? So it's like, I, I know. Um, and it was like, like I said, that's why I wanted to kind of like start adding a little something. Cause I know what the distraction was. My dark humor was at its <laughs> peak over mm -hmm. there. Cause I just wanted everybody else to laugh and yeah. forget about, you know, yeah. shit and have fun, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. To, it's, it's, uh, sickening the way we send our military into harm's way. And then 
when they come back the way they're treated. Yeah. They're, they should be treated with the same kind of care that the shitheads in Congress get. You know, unlimited health care, retirement, hot, living high on the hog after one term, and then our troops come home, and you have to have, like, Wounded Warrior Project to get these people care. It's, that yeah, should be a yeah. given. All these d- different veteran organizations. It's veterans that get together to take the care of The federal government should be know? doing that. Yeah. All those guys that serve should get lifetime retirement. They they put their fucking ass on the line. And then they come home and you got to have a private fund so they can get medical care. Get the fuck out of here. That's so insulting. You know? It's yep. disgraceful. You're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And the, the, the amount of... of you know, foreign war, uh, vets who come back and are suicidal and lost in society. And it's, it's awful. It's really awful. I mean, I know for me, you know, mine took an opposite role. A lot of guys, you know, I mean, I was a friggin', you know, crazy party guy before, you know, going over there. And then thankfully, you know, I got sober coming home, but, um, you know, I, I, I had to, uh, I've been on this spiritual journey with my sobriety and I've been like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to get the care I need for my mental health really at the VA. I mean, it's coming along slowly, but surely, you know, there now, but I mean, I was seeking alternative things like hypnotherapy. I, I do the float tanks, you know, every now and then it's like out of pocket stuff. I got to pay for myself, but it's like, it's bringing me peace of mind. Right. But why, why should you have to foot the bill on care that a lot of this stuff probably started because of your service, oh, yeah. right? No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So why are you coming out of pocket for serving your country? You're, you know, the, the federal government, wait, they have they can a throw blank a check. At me, you know, they'll throw a ton of pills at me, but. There's a blank you know. check. There's always enough money to wage a war, but the repercussions of people coming home who served then all of a sudden this this money is evaporated and there's no money to care for people. Yeah. You know, it's guys it's, around the streets and oh man, they're they're destroyed. Lucky to have families and the families don't get the training and education like the families serve too, you know, in a in a way, you know, with the spouses over their single parent homes, you know, and that but we could go yeah, know, yeah, yeah, places Definitely. with that. Um well Todd, uh man, thanks for taking the time to talk with me um if anybody's uh wants to keep tabs on what you're doing and all your projects where would you send them um i would say we uh we have a a website razorarrest.com um and uh i mean we're not as good and updating that site as we probably should be um but but if they'll get to see the projects you have and then they can follow each individual yeah or we have a we have a a a band group page and there's about six thousand people on there and it's just basically where we run whatever we're doing up the flagpole and people hopefully see it or they don't see it or the the word gets out you know we're doing what's that page it's it's a uh a group page on facebook it's like Dogfest, Disco, Polka Dot, Cadaver, El Creepo, Knives Out. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's – it's not very easy to, <laughs> to to maybe find, but – Well, everybody's pretty much on Facebook. Yeah, I mean – you know, Or they it. can look me up. Yeah. It's so. it's all 
kind of tied together. And then so. they can order like uh, if if you guys don't come through their town or whatever, they can order CDs and merchandise yeah. and whatever off the websites and all that stuff. Absolutely, too. yeah, yeah. Awesome. We uh, we have. Uh, I mean, anybody who's looking for whatever, if you post, we'll get back to you. You know, we respond to everything. So awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, and then I need one last favor from you. Okay. If you can cut a promo ID for the podcast. Okay. Just say, you know, introduce yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Today's boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Hey, this is Todd from Dog Fashion Disco Knives Out, Polka Dot Cadaver, El Creepo. And you're listening to Boondoggle on... What is it? Today's boondoggle. Can you splice this together? (laughs) Just do it over. Okay. Hey, this is Todd from Dog Fashion Disco El Creepo, Knives Out, Polka Dot Cadaver, and you're listening to Boondoggle Today at DomainCleveland.com. Domain Cleveland Radio. Fuck! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All I right. think I got but, it written down. You want, please, help? please All help right. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have pulled this out in the first place. My bad. Where'd it go? There we go. Thank God. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Hey, this is Todd Smith from Dog Fashion Disco, Polka Dot Cadaver, El Creepo, and Knives Out, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Awesome. There we go. (laughs) I get by with a little help from my friends. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again, Todd. Man, it was great talking. Glad it worked out. Yeah, Yeah. you too. Awesome, man. Cool. With daily unfed A slow drip ivy echo of everything that you've said Now my Shangri-La is just a place where the dead Rise up out of the graves to make a meal of my head You won't be
to this week's edition of today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. <laughs>